love the 80s? The Rewind 80s Mixtape Tour is performing at the Albury Entertainment Centre Saturday, May 8th. Performing all the greaties from the 80s, you're in for a ripper night. Step back in time and get your tickets now. AlburyEntertainmentCentre.com.au Pero chica, mi amiga, ¿qué dice? Esto es yo, esto es yo y cómo hablo, y hablo así, y hablo así contigo. Nah, man. What we're gonna do right here is go back. Yeah. Nah, man, you know. Way back. What a tough chick. Tough. She is awesome. Look at her. She's gorgeous too. She, oh, stunning. Fantastic. We hadn't seen someone like her really. That's right. In 1989. Absolutely. She was a trailblazer. We take it all for granted. We do, we do. Yeah. Who are Mm. you? Sammy Hardon from the 80s montage. That's right. And I'm Jay Jovi from the 80s montage. Welcome back this week. This is our Nina Cherry Raw Like Sushi special. We're doing yeah. an album review. Yeah, we haven't done one in a while. We haven't done it in a while. And we were looking back at sort of stuff that, you know, had a had an anniversary in the last couple of months. Months This turned 30 in January, I believe. 30th anniversary or something. From its release, is nah, that right? June last year was 30. Oh, June, June last year. Oh, yeah. maybe that's when the because it's 20. It was a, it was maybe it was it came out June the 5th, 1989. That's right, awesome. So maybe, oh, I know what I'm thinking of. They've released, uh, they've Limit- re released the anniversary edition. Uh, early 30th. this year, earlier this year, yeah. And um, I I love it when we do album reviews because it's yeah. always like a an opportunity for me to buy it on on vinyl. You can actually get this can on you? vinyl now, oh. um, and it's beautiful. So um, Raw Like Sushi's got that beautiful sort of it's Nina against the white cover. Yeah, but the anniversary edition is gold. So she's against That's this right. gold background. Yeah, yeah. It's really I'd cool. I miss the gold anniversary edition. Yeah. But it's it's great. It's got like a, a making of yeah, booklet in it and yeah. everything. Yeah. See, I had the VHS of the making of this album. Oh, wow. And I looked everywhere for it today and oh, I couldn't geez. find it. Because it's a great because they show her in the studio and she's pregnant. Yeah, And that's all right. that kind of stuff. So it was really, really interesting when I watched it as a kid. She's a real trail trailblazer for mm. women having a family and a career at the same time. Totally, totally, yeah. Like I actually could not believe she was always pregnant. Yeah, I, I 
She's a bit of an enigma to me, really. Yeah. Like um, I always – it's not like she's out there sort of falling out of clubs and she's in the tabloids and no. all of that kind of thing. I knew very little about her private life. I knew yeah. that she – you know, her half-brother Eagle Eye Cherry was a recording artist as well. Yep. Um, and I used to love him like in the in the yeah. 90s and the noughties and stuff. But um, about her I didn't know that much but I loved this album and I love her music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the good thing about her is 1984, I think she had a five-year-old mm. and then when she first released Raw Like Sushi, she was up the duff with she the was. second kid yeah. and had to explain to the record company, um, I'm pregnant. Well, she went on top of the pops uh, to mm. promote her and she was sort of pregnant dancing around doing Buffalo Stance. Yeah. Know? And it was – back then it was hugely controversial but it's it's like – Wasn't even heard of doing. yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody did that kind of thing. But it's like, give it a rest. She's, she's pregnant. It's not like well, she's. Well, you couldn't be in those days. Yeah, yeah. It was something the record company would write in your contract. That's right. Like it was just fucking unheard of. Yeah, yeah. And she, the thing that the thing that she says about having the kids is, if she hadn't have had the children, she would have gotten up to no good. She had responsibilities. Now that that's a typical Pisces for you. She's yeah. a Piscean, right? They, Pisceans are right into the drugs and the alcohol and the rooting around or whatever. Yeah. She's got a whole stellium in Pisces in her 12th house. So having the children probably kept her in some type of regime, like like a, a routine yeah. where she didn't lose the fucking marbles, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. But she needed it because she had worked in other bands way before this, but this happened really quickly, the whole Nina Cherry Solo thing. Yeah, yeah. What I loved about this period for her was she was she did a lot of the arranging on Massive Attack's Blue Lines album that came out in ninety one. Yeah, but she in the later eighties she was working on it like with the arrangement, and the engineering and stuff, and. Oh, you know, like that is just incredible. That's an that's an amazing album. Amazing. Uh, and she would stay in good with those guys for ages. Like they would collaborate a lot. Well, Nelly stuff. Hooper did the drum beats on Manchild. Yes. So yep. she. But this is the time where we did see Massive Attack and we saw Soul to Soul and we saw Nina Cherry. It was a different element of the eighties that was mm. really exciting. Yeah. I found it really fucking boring up until this. Yeah. 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 That's right. And then right. when Soul to Soul came out and Nina Cherry, it was like, oh my god, it's culture. Well, a lot you of know? urban sounds were breaking through to the mainstream. You know, like all the sort of. Uh, there's that word again, trailblazing. All the trailblazing that, say, Michael Jackson and Prince did for for sort of coloured artists internationally, all of that was sort of paying in dividends and a lot of these artists were sort of making it through to the mainstream whereas they they possibly wouldn't have made it to TV before. And so, um, you know, what Nina was doing with her music in terms of singing these beautiful vocals but also rap yeah. Uh, for a woman that had not really been no, done no, before. No, that's right, hip hop. Yeah, and yeah. It, you just think of you just think think of all those who have come after her, like Missy Elliott, or you know, I don't know. You can even chuck like Nicki Minaj or Cardi B, or and all of those who yeah. who rap, but they yeah. sing as well. And her little girl's really famous too. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, her little girl. Is she a muso? And yeah, she's got a song out. You know the song? Yeah. Um, what's the little girl's name? Marta, um, I'm trying to think of the track, but the little girl is huge at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And she looks like her mum and her dad. Yeah, right, right. So is it Mater or? 
could be something like that. I'm not sure. You, all the kids at school would know the track. Yeah. And I can't even think of the song. But oh, we'll look it up as we go. Yeah, we should. We should. Now, um, Nina herself uh, was born in Sweden. Yeah. She spent a lot of time there, a lot of her childhood there before her family moved to New York. And then she dropped out of school around 14 and mm. then she moved to London. Mm. And so her speaking voice is incredible. Yeah. You can hear all of those places and it's just, she's so exotic. She's yeah. so mysterious and she's got a really sexy speaking voice. I love it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check her out in an interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And her dad, Don Cherry, or her stepdad, was a huge jazz muso. Yeah. Incredible yeah. jazz muso and such a great work ethic. This is where when you look at a Pisces artist, you see the artist. And what I mean by that is you've got one direction, you've got an inner compass and you just do it. Yeah. Right? There's no thinking about what am I going to do in case things don't work out. Yeah. It has to be that musician title and her whole family was like that. Yeah. And yeah. her mum, like her mum used to go to I think it was college or high school and she was in the bassinet under her desk. Right. So the fact that she had children and did the work as well as have kids came from her mum. Yeah. Because mum used to take her to school. Yeah, yeah. You know. It. And it's it, mothers have changed now so much where they're yeah. kind of like, oh, God, I've got all this stuff to do, take the kids to soccer and fucking – Mate, these women were doing, and it's a cultural thing. Well, this is this is sort of what happened when you had a baby. Well, I'm not talking so much in the Western world, but in other cultures, of course, that's right. The kids yeah. were on the mum's arm, and the mum, you know, as soon as she could sort of walk again and she was up and about, was back out working, and the kids were coming along. You know, yeah. you weren't sort of tucked away and segregated, and you become a mum and putting everything to the side. It's life is normal and the kids catch up. And so, you know, therefore Nina had this incredible, incredible childhood. She sort of lived in an adult's world. And I always really envy kids whom, and musos especially, whom have had, who have come from a musical environment, who have come from a musical family. Mm. You know, they've, they've got sort of incredible musical influences in their life from birth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, very lucky. Not only that, being a coloured artist and living in Sweden would have been totally confusing as a kid yeah. at school because there would have been three coloured people in the whole school. Possibly, yeah. Which would have – because I remember she's talked about this. Yeah. And she wanted to be accepted. Yeah, yeah. You know. But we accepted her – in these days we didn't even think about that. Yeah, yeah. You know, That's so right. we've got some sushi here that we're going to eat at the same we time. We have got Someone's raw sushi. Someone's SMSing my fucking phone. You keep talking while I have checked that out. You know what? I'm such a dipshit that I didn't, I didn't sort of get the connection of you getting sushi for the, for this episode until now. The penny just dropped, so it's a surprise for me too. Isn't that lovely? I love sushi. So yeah, we're gonna have a little bit of raw like sushi. Yeah, raw fish. And this is the thing about the title of the album, this was the year I was 18, 19 and we were starting to eat this as a traditional thing. Right? This is very you, by, by the way, yeah. like investigating her and looking at how she dresses and everything. I'm like, oh, Sammy would have eaten her up in the day. Yeah, no, I loved her because she was strong. Yeah. And Still feminine. Yeah, but kind of saying shit that we all – Loved, you know, yeah, like yeah. about men and, and trying to take on the world and, you know, which came from obviously the uh, the 
her imagination and stuff because she was married and in a relationship that yeah. it sounds like it's come from other people's experiences. Yeah, yeah. You know. So we're going to look at the album tracks to start off with and, of course, Buffalo Stance was the first single that was released 28th of November in 88, so it came out before the album. So this was where we started to prick up our ears and go, oh, this chick's interesting, what's going on here? But it wasn't until the album came out where I was really sold. And I loved it, Raw Like Sushi. It was like we were – I was living with a lot of um, Jewish people and we had sushi for breakfast, we were having it for lunch, we were having it for dinner. Thanks, honey. There's some sushi. We And sashimi, yummy. Thanks, honey. So we're going to look at – we might play Buffalo Stance because everyone loved that song. That was the most – Let's get some music happening. The big one. Let's have a listen. Will you sit down the f***ing scratching and give me a beat? Ouch! Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce the hi-hat. Go on. Mmm, that's good. Now the tambourine, right now. It's like an electro masterpiece. Love it. It still stands up. The whole album's great. It's incredible. Mm. It's really good. It's, it's not sort of, um, I mean, it's obviously very 80s sounding, but it's so clean. And Yeah, but, you know, you could play it live with the band. Yeah, for it's sure. Not, you could put a live bass and live drums and, mm. and like Soul to Soul would yeah. and it would sound amazing live, which I'm sure they did. Yeah, with absolutely. With a DJ. Yeah. A lot of this fabricated sort of stuff, you can't really play live. You need certain sequencing and blah blah blah. Where this would be up, this would be great live. You know. Yeah, yeah. We nearly went and saw her in England. Oh, actually. did you? Yeah. That would have been fucking she was incredible. At the Roundhouse. She played Glastonbury like two years ago or something. No. Fuck. How's your sushi? Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, lovely. So this, um, you were saying this was released as a single, twenty eighth of November, eighty eight. Mm-hmm. Right. Awesome. That would have gone off because it would have been – this would have come out in amongst all the Stockache and Waterman stuff. That's right. And this would have been very urban and edgy and a bit more grounded than that stuff. And This it would song have... has something to do with that though. Mm, tell us about that. I don't know but there's something about it. Wasn't it uh, mixed or engineered or it had something to do – there was some connection to Not SAW. Sure. Yeah. I'm not sure, but anyway, 
It was re- it was released as another song, I think, because you've right, got the, that's right. the um, Buffalo Gals sequence in there, or the yeah, sample of Malcolm right. McLaren. Yeah, so that's in there. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if they wrote around something that was written with Stock Aiken and Waterman yeah. or whatever, but you could not go anywhere without hitting something in the face that was Stock Aiken yeah, and Waterman. That's you know? right, exactly. The recording on this is just perfect. Um, that beautiful long intro. Um, which is also the intro to the album where she's just sort of introducing all the instruments and like yeah. tambourine. Yeah. You know, she yeah. got she's so got so much bloody attitude. Mm. And the rap is awesome. Mm. You know when you know, it's not the it's not the first time that a chick has rapped in a mainstream song. You look at like Rapture by Blondie or something like that. The rap in Blondie makes me sort of a bit embarrassed sometimes. First one though. Yeah, it was the first time. Mm. But this is like this is a hot rap. This is awesome. You know, it's Well, she- I thought of that too. I thought how the fuck did Vanilla Ice get anywhere when shit like this was out? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like what fucking bogan was buying Van- Did you buy Vanilla Ice? I had no interest. I was a little kid, so you know, everybody well, was like, "Wow, a white guy doing rap." Oh, but- it was fucking horrific. <laughs> and then this comes out and it's like, you know, something with really a bit of substance. Really very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um and everyone thought she was American at first yeah. and, and then it was a big surprise when, I mean, basically she was based out of London so she, you know, she had all the sort of little British samples and stuff. Yeah. Know? Yeah, and her husband, of course, we have to mention him, Kevin mm. McVeigh, um, who actually produces all the stuff as well and he goes under the name Booger, Be- Booger Bear, which I vaguely remember. I had to look into that today. That's right. Um he was lovely because I think it was around Buffalo Stance before the album came out where she was pregnant with uh, Tyson and Tyson is the little baby in the Manchild video that she's That's carrying right. around. Yep. He's about, so she's about six weeks old. So very cute to even put the baby in the video, yeah. you know. Yeah. Like we – I remember thinking as a kid – Fuck that baby's really young. I wonder where she got that from. You know, I didn't even think it would be hers because yeah, yeah. you wouldn't put that together. No. How can a pop star have a baby of that age? Especially like sort of a new artist. You know. Yeah. 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 Amazing. Awesome. Great song. And um, I remember hearing a. I remember hearing an interview with an American rap rap artist. It might have even been, um, oh, what's his name, Ice Cube. Yeah. Where he heard he heard Nina Cherry for the first time and he said, when I heard Nina Cherry and somebody told me that God, she was. God, is he was, that young? Hey? Is he that young that he hadn't heard of her? Ice Cube. Oh, he's, um, you know, Ice Cube from NWA. Yeah, yeah. But mm. how old is he? I don't know. Like 30 or something. Let's not hear who Nina Cherry was. This When she debuted though. This is when she oh, first came out. Oh, okay, when she yeah, first yeah, came yeah, out. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And because obviously he didn't know her from the scene and somebody explained that she was British and when he heard the tracks he was like, fuck, okay, English people are cool too, okay. Like, you know, she was the one that made him realise that sort of people from, you know, it's not just sort of African-Americans that are the coolest culture in the world. You know, there's other people out there that are rocking it as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, England did start going, they became leaders in 89 because we had Soul to Soul, we had... A fucking massive attack. Look, We're huge. Massive attack. Um, oh, who else like? Uh, I'm just trying to think of all those British artists like. 
oh, I just thought of them before. There was a big stream of, yeah, um, anyway, it'll come to me as well. well. Janet, oh. Janet was big. Mm-hmm. You know, Janet Jackson sort of just sort of came out. We had Paula Abdul, stuff like that. Yeah. R&B Portishead. Became- Portishead is the other band I was trying to think of. You know, oh, okay. other other big sort of other big British um, electronic band sort of uh, coming out around that time as well. Did they come out that time or nineties? Mm. Well, nineties, but early nineties. Yeah, you know, like yeah. with 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 massive attack. I missed the whole Porter's Head thing. So only why it was a bit a little bit victimy for me. Yeah, right. Okay, but you can see how Nina's in Nina's subsequent albums, like with like Seven Seconds and Woman and stuff like that. You can see that tying in with that Portishead sound a mm, lot. See, I see Nina as the fucking one that did it, though. Yeah, possibly. I'm they all, they all would have been coming up together, you know. Portishead to me was just another version of Bjork. Really? Yeah. I think you're underselling them a little bit. I, I um. Oh, I was, don't you like Bjork? I love I love Bjork, um, but yeah, dif- different to Bjork. I saw them. I saw them a couple. I saw them a few years ago. Oh, well, probably eight years ago or so now. Um, Porter said live. Yeah. In at the Metro. No, Werribee Mansion at oh, a Jesus at a festival that did two fucking seasons and then went bust. I think it was oh. called Homestead or Home Homo or something. I can't remember. Homo. Anyway, fabulous. There you go. So the second single on the album is Manchild. Yes. I have it here too because this is probably my favourite track on the album. Great. Because I'm 19, I'm dating losers, they're all fucking men children (laughs) and it's like she just put it into words for us. Was that was that sort of term man child used at the time or or did she sort of coin it? No, 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 no. This was a new term. Coined it, yeah. Yeah. So she she made this up and it was like that's what it is because we couldn't, Put two and two together. I think I had my first sexual experience. This came out on the radio and I was like, oh, my God, I've dated this guy, you know. And the fact that there was the the, the clothesline and, and the neighbour that was pregnant up the duff in the video and it was just all about the woman and how the women I – don't, I don't, it was very empowering for me to hear. Awesome. But we'll give it a go anyway, a little bit of man-child. You're on your own, it's late Your girlfriend is on another date With the hero in your dream Turn around, ask yourself So you think you're gonna win this time, man, child? Love it. Love it. It's actually a really challenging chord progression, isn't it? Yeah. It's a really interesting song. Yeah, her dad her dad loved it. Don. That's right. He 
Did he co-write it with her, this album? No, no, no. She wrote it on her Casio mm. and did all the chords and they were all going, man, it's too hard. Because I, the one thing I do love about Nina's stuff is the chord progressions and the fact that they're just pads. There's nothing hard about them. Yeah. You could play them, you know what I mean? But it was the mood. So for, for me I think she comes from what she feels. Yeah. And and who she is more so than writing a hit song. Like a lot of the lyrics were new to us as well. Like it was like, I mean, this this woman's an artist, so we're listening to this going, wow, this is – and it was the language that was spoken for the time, 1989. We were yeah. starting to get into psychology. We are starting to look at different things and becoming aware of psychology and sushi, to tell you the truth. <laughs> and – we hear this girl screaming about men that just don't cut it. Yeah. And it was just right up. Every, I mean, anyone that's my age, 45 to 50, fucking love this album. Yeah. Because yeah. it was a strength we didn't have at the time. Yeah, that's right. And when, when I was dancing at Chasers in 89, so she was fucking huge on the dance floor. Yeah. Mabel is her daughter. Ah, yes. Mabel and her song is... Um, Oh, God. I had the melody in my head. I know the song. Is it Don't Call Me Up? Right. Don't Call Me Up. No. Mm. We'll have a listen to it anyway. But Mabel's yeah. Mabel's good and she's a tough chick as well. Yeah. And she's 23. Cute. You know? So Manchild was one of my favourite songs on the album. What would be your favourite song, babe? Uh, let, let me have a look. Further down a little bit, I know. Oh, there's one I like from a nerdy perspective but we'll talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll talk about it when we get to it because it's got more to do with the production. Um, but I, I think like the first five songs on this album are really strong. Like Buffalo Stance, Manchild, Kisses on the Wind, the next one, um, Inner City Mama and The Next Generation, all really strong. I love all the upbeat stuff. It, it's really fun. It's a, you know, it's a really mm. st- well-produced, great pop album. Kisses um, on the Wind went, came out in... Um, July 89. Yeah, 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 Kisses on the Wind. So let's have a little listen of that. Oh, did I put that down? Maybe I didn't because I didn't want to play all the songs. Yeah. Now, to mention that we are APRO indoors, so. So Kiss on the Wind is another dancey, you know, it's a, a, a real banger. I really love it. Um, yeah. Really tight production, possibly tighter than Buffalo Stance, to be honest. I'm not a fan of Buffalo Stance. Buffalo Stance wasn't the one that sold it for is me. Is that right? Nah. Really? Nah. It's like fucking nah. Ah. Buffalo Stance for me just... It had some good elements about it but it wasn't something that made me Not the strongest. Go, well, like I'm a Nina Cherry fan from from now. Yeah. So when she gets dark and she does Woman and she does Buddy X and all that shit, yeah. I love all that stuff. Mm. Buffalo Stance was way too clubby end of the 80s yeah. going into the 90s sound for me. Cool. But uh, the other stuff where she talks about Inner City Mama and all that stuff. So I don't have Kisses on the Wind but that was the third single anyway. And then we go into Inner City Mama. Yes. Which, which I do was... have Kisses on the Wind. Oh, you Sorry. do. Here we go. Grouse. 
We played it in the intro. Oh, of course we did. Yeah, that's why we don't need to play it. There we go. Okay, so Inner City Mama. Mm Mm-hmm. 11th of December, 89. Let's have a listen. Mabel stuff. Yeah. Don't Call Me Up is the big hit song from High yeah. Expectations. And she also does a track called God as a Dancer with Tiesto, which I know as well. Yeah. She's amazing. Awesome, awesome stuff. Little cutie, little pocket rocket like her mum. Yeah. Gorgeous chick. She was born in Spain. So they, they got around, they get around. Yeah, no, they're very well toured and cultured and mm. and stuff like that. So that was... Uh, Inner city, inner city mama. mama. Yeah. Inner city love. Beautiful sample percussion line in that one, which I which I really love. Um, and that synthy bass, the the synthy yeah. bass line with the big sort of synth chords over the top, the big sort of stringy. Yeah, well, that's what I like about it stuff more than anything. Yeah, yeah. It that, was just pads. You I, know? Yeah, yeah. I, I know you would love that sound. Yeah. It's very sort of Chardé. It's very um, mm-hmm. early nineties mm-hmm. Chardé, isn't it as well? Absolutely. Mm. Chardé, a little bit jazzy, which would have been her background. Yeah. But, no, I love it. Uh, now, did I put the next one down? Inner City Mama, 11th of December 1987, that was bought out. There was a lot of singles from this album. Yeah, there were, yeah. A lot of singles and they were unbelievable. And I can't say I don't like any of the tracks on the album. No, same. They're all really strong. You There's no I mean? filler. No. I sort of was looking for the filler. You know, looking for the filler track and there's there's not one. No, they really went all out with this. Yeah. And I that's right, they were sitting on a beach in Morocco or something and it was her and the hubby and someone else and they said, we'll extend the holiday for another week if the album does nothing and sit on the beach for another week. <laughs> and I think it was uh, 
the husband rang the record company and they said, we're number three in England. Oh, fuck. You have to come back. Wow. Which is great because she was like, I was mini hoping it wasn't going to go <laughs> yeah, anywhere. Yeah, Because she is that type of artist that doesn't need mm. that affirmation, recognition. No. She just does music mm. and that's it. Mm. And the thing is, in these days, there was no social media. It was if you were, if you were happening, you were happening, mm. you know. Yeah, that's right. Which is amazing. Really, really cool times. Innocent of Mummy. Now, the track, Innocent of Mama. The next track was The Next Generation. Yeah. I don't have that one. Now, Maybe Next Generation's like a really, and I hope you guys are listening to the track at home and, of course, is on Spotify and all of that shit. So, um, you know, play along, listen to the tracks and pause our show, go back and forth or listen to the whole show and then, you know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of our crowd will know this album. Like, I can't imagine. It's women, because our crowd is women dominantly anyway. Yeah. So it's because of me. Yeah, that's right. They want, <laughs> they want to read you. Um, so a lot of women that are around 45 to 50, if they didn't like this, mm. it was pretty unusual. You know what though? It's not It's not 100 people's favourite. It's not – what's that saying? It's not 100 people's – it's not in 100 people's top ten – but it's in ten people's number one. Yeah, right. You know what I mean? I it's like that. it's like saying it's not going to be everyone's sort of cup of tea, but the people that do like this album, it's going to be their sort of favorite album. Yeah, 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 yeah. The cool people loved it. Exactly. That's Which what I'm trying to say. The main thing. So, next generation's a real another sort of upbeat banger. Yeah. Really urban, and that's very. Right. UK multicultural. The thing about the thing about London that you don't realise. I always thought before I went to London that London was going to be this sort of tired old sort of Anglo-Saxon mm. fallen, you know, it's mm. sort of capital of the fallen empire. Yeah, and it was going to be all stuffy old white people. Nah, yeah, no, it's, it's not, not like that at all. Nah, it's modern. It's it's really. It's got a really contemporary multicultural vibe. Especially Camden Town. Yeah. And, mm, and there's people from so all like, around the world mm. and like it's a it's an incredible melting pot of all the, these different cultures, you know. Um, and you wouldn't expect that from, from inner city London. And that's what she felt when she landed there. Yeah. It was like all her wishes had come, you know, even though she was from Sweden. Mm. This is where, you know, that inner compass of knowing she's got to be here. Yeah, yeah. And getting into that because it was very urban in 89. We went from um, at the end there we were getting out of the new romantic phase and and that was sort of dying out Mm. and the urban thing was coming in. And this is sort of, I don't know. Brand new, heavy, stuff like that. Yeah, Um, drum and bass. Yeah, but really cool vocals. Yeah. Really good stories. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, R and B is just crap. Yeah, pretty much. There's not really that much where we tell a story. And there's you know. not. Yeah, yeah. I there's could never put up the production of Bobby Brown, which would have been around this time, mm-hmm. to this production. No. Like it's totally different. And, and you I bet could his play cost. this stuff yeah. live with the band. Yeah. And it would be understood. Yeah, that's right. Where Bobby Brown, you would have to really produce it. 
to get yeah. those certain sounds. You know what? I, I really think it's because the percussion lines in this are so much more um, interesting, challenging. It's just There's not just more space. predictable. There's you know? just more space yeah. though. Mm. So you've got your percussion, you've got everything in their, their, their um, lanes. Yep. It's not mixed and there's not fucking samples and, and just all this do-do-do-do-do going through it. It's very – there's a lot of space. Yeah, And that yeah. was very urban as well. Urban came from, I think, a live band with a DJ. Yeah. And yes, they just exactly. put the DJ on top of the live band mm. and there was space there. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And then you add a few jazz chords and then we got like um oh, what was it? Da, 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 for, apparently nothing. The young disciples, stuff uh, like yeah, that. Yeah, that's young right. Young disciples, brand new heavies. I got right into that yeah, scene. Yeah. And that was very English. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know. Yeah. And and it and they straddled so many different genres and incorporated so many different genres. Yeah, and, um, acid jazz it was called. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah, mm. which is which is really challenging if you think about it, like those mixing the, all those influences together. Basically, yeah, jazz but sort of with all these electro sounds and everything. Incredible. Yeah, but very soulful. It was awesome. Mm. Absolutely. Beautiful. Uh, next, what do we got? Love Ghetto, Sammy. Love Ghetto I've got. Love, Love Ghetto. Let's have a listen. Play basketball, um, baseball after I heard that song when I was little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love this song. It's sort of very big production. Um, yeah, love that line. I'm in a home run. Really fucking awesome. Well, Cameron did it all. Mm-hmm. My husband. Mm-hmm. He brought in other people, of course, but um, there was another guy called Tim Summer Simonon. Yeah. Mark Saunders, which is a very English name, Johnny Dollar, Joni Dollar or something. and But Cameron was the real one behind her career. Yeah. And he also went on to work with Massive Attack and, and stuff like that. So yes. they were right in with that whole market. Yeah, yeah, all those guys. Um, one thing I want to point out with this album is that it, it was actually nominated at the Grammys. Uh, for Best New Artist in the Best New Artist category in 1990. Um, but she was knocked out by Melly Vanilli. Oh, really? Who then had to hand back their fucking... Oh, wow, really? And they never sort of, you know, renominated. They never renominated somebody else. Totally would have been her. 
Millie fucking Vanilli. Yeah. Oh, fuck. Mm. Poor pricks. Yeah. So that sort of. I would have gone home and fucking slashed the bookcase, mate. <laughs> fucking Millie Vanilli had a beaten me. <laughs> what the fuck? Everyone would have known what was going on in the industry. Everyone would have known what was going on. The fact like that what? their fucking voices didn't, their speaking voices sounded l- nothing like the vocals in the tracks yeah. for a start. And the fact that they couldn't speak fucking English. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a reporter broke them in. Yeah. But, yeah, no, fuck that. I mean, there was some shit out there in 89 and this was also very – and I remember Martika being big as well. Yeah, Martika was big. Toy yeah, Soldiers and yeah. shit like that. But um, yeah. I was going to play the demo version of Heart but I didn't think it was that great. I was mm. like, oh, I like the way it is now. So a lot of the stuff she would have written would have been stripped back by Cameron and made sure that it made sense. Yeah. I feel like when I write, I used to jam and just write a song and then we'd slice it up and make sense of it. Yep. We never really sat down and went, okay, this will be the verse, this will be the yeah, chorus. Yeah, it was yeah, just yeah. what we felt mm. at the time. Absolutely. You know, so That's I've got way. a feeling that would be uh, what they would have done is she would have just done a little – Song, and, and this go, oh, was well, really stripped it. back. This this was a sort of much smaller production, especially sort of coming after um, Love Ghetto Heart. I'm talking about. Oh yeah, Heart was cool and really good rap in this as well. Mm. Yeah, I think the production's pretty um, similar in all the tracks. I don't. Yeah, think but I'm, very... I'm saying that it's sort of it's not as it's not as full. There's a bit more space in this song. Oh really? Yeah, I thought. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I really f- – this was a banger on the dance floor. This yeah. was released as well mm. um, and a lot more vocals on it, I think. Yep. Like more of a singer song. Really good vocals. Singing song. Yeah. Um, but but Phony Ladies, track eight, is just fucking incredible. Yeah. This is where she dug the heels in. That's right, with the with the big vocals, yeah? Well, it's just Phony Ladies and Mass My Freedom. And, and, you know, just the words were so great. Yeah. That chicks that just go around and they're phony. Yeah. You yeah. know, this is way before we saw Christina Aguilera and all these dickheads go around and, you know, talk about chicks being phony, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. And, and we didn't even know then what the word meant. Yeah, it's yeah, like, that's what's right. what's a phony lady? Yeah, Like yeah. he actually taught you stuff that you, you went and then when you went to nightclubs you went, oh, Just good chick. different subject matter, you know. It, yeah, it was, it, it was just... It would have really connected with with the chicks, I imagine. Oh my this, god! This song, um, beautiful vocal, and it's sort of semi uh, balladic, you know. Oh, okay. Funny little, yeah. I should have put this one down, but I actually didn't. But oh. it's. I don't want to play too much of the record, just yeah. out of respect, but. Um, I love funny ladies. Now the next track, I can't remember at all. Outre risque locomotive. Is that the one with the train at the start? I cannot fucking remember it. But I would I have loved so. it. They're, they're, it's funny because this this isn't my favourite track but from a nerdy perspective I, I love it because it's got a couple of 80s elements in it that I really want to talk about. Um, I reckon the percussion is the strongest part of this track. Um now the gated reverb. Does everybody know what gated reverb is? It's that it's that really typical '80s sounding drum thing that Phil Collins and Peter Gabriel came up with. Like Phil, you know, they were recording. I think something for Pete. I don't think it was 
Uh, it would have been. I don't um, think it was Genesis, was it? Yeah, it might have been. I think, no, it was in the air tonight where they discovered the gated river. Oh, it was on that song? Yeah, yeah, was I it? think it was. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It was anyway, a it, of was, things, yeah. it was used, it was sort of discovered by accident and used like thereafter in the 80s. That like, that really sort of punchy, punchy um, drum sound. Yeah. Um, they used it for everything. They used to gate all the drums. For loud fucking drummers that were annoying, basically. Yeah, yeah. And then it became a fucking thing. It was for drummers that fucking couldn't play. Now, the other thing about this track that it has in it that's a really sort of stereotypical 80s sound is what's known as the orchestra hit. Now, this is like – it's also called The Note and you guys will know it in this song. It's it's a note that's used – in a lot of like later Michael Jackson, she used it in a lot of Janet Jackson. Britney Spears used it. Bruno Mars used it in his last album because you know that it's it's such a sort of um, it's such a sort of eighties retro album. The last Bruno Mars album, you know, like, Bruno Mars, I reckon, is always ripped off the fucking sound. You know, hit um, dripping on success or whatever the fucking oh, that, yeah, that yeah. song is. That's got this orchestral hit in it. Do you know what I mean? It's that no. big like. It's that big sort of Jimmy Jam Terry Lewis shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. They used a lot. Bobby Brown used it a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's everybody's used it. Bloody um, Britney Spears used it. Uh, what are their names? Pet Shop Boys used it a lot. Have a listen to this song. Well, we can play some of it. I'll put it on. Yeah. Is have it a at listen. the start? Can you hear it at the start? It's all the way through. Have a listen and see if you know what I mean. Check out the orchestra hit. Otherwise known as the note. All right. Oh, that that's um like a new jack swing sound. Yeah. But it's used New Jack it is, Swing. It is. Yeah. yeah, they use a lot of yeah, New yeah, Jack yeah. Swing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. New Jack Swing was the big th- Very This 80s is the sound. really big crossover here where we're going into the nineties. That's right. And this is when I said in one of the shows the end of the eighties was really the start of the nineties. Yeah. Even though it was eighty nine, ninety, we were said eighty nine sorry, eighty eight, eighty nine. That sound went through the 90s. That's right. Yeah. The way. Now I've just got to get this on me fucking Bluetooth. Oh, yeah? Um, yeah, so I, I sort of love love that kind of shit from a nerdy perspective because yeah. it's like it's one of those things that we just don't know about and then when it's pointed out to you and it's, it's like the sort of, you know, the Wil- Wilhelm scream? That's I never liked it, to be honest with you. That that effect? Nah. It's a bit daggy. It was very but fucking, you know, you, it was very Roger Rabbit. Literally me. thousands of songs have yeah. used it. Well, that's production. Yeah. So yeah. You, if you look at the producer, you'd probably find that one producer mm. did ten of those fucking yeah. songs. You know? Michael Jackson used it on like Jam yeah. and Dangerous. Yeah, so not into it. And... Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah. A little bit of bad as well, but mostly on the Dangerous album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, mm. no, it wasn't a thing for me. It was very Roger Rabbit fucking, you know, yeah. white people. I get it. Very, very, very shit. Now mm. let's have a listen anyway. That's it. When you dance all night, giving it all you got, and you cover me with your body sweater, like liquid honey. Your kiss is so sweet. 
Yeah, yeah, that bloody early like, yeah. 90s shit. Like a little punchy string sample. Yeah, not into it. Yeah. I, thought it was tr- I thought that was worse than Stock Aiken and Mortimer in yeah. areas, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It sounds like live drums, though, in that, which is interesting. Live drums in the beginning and then the the gated the gated drums comes come later. Yeah. They've used some gated stuff as well. Yeah, right. I'd have to ask Maddie because I'm not convinced that that isn't someone else's sample from like the fifties. Oh yeah, right. Might be in that sort yeah. of jazz thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I get what you're saying. Awesome. So here I comes another good one. That was yeah. so here I come. Here I come. I love this as well. Very empowering. Really modern sounding drum line, drum and bass more than anything. Uh, and a really cool, easy rap. You know, it's like a walk in the park for her. Yeah. Well, she wasn't they – she was more – she wasn't a rapper like Queen Latifah and shit like that. She was – or, or Debrat. She was a bit more simplified but that's well, what we loved about her. It's because her vocal was so incredible. You don't th- – like her singing vocal, you don't think of her as being a rapper. You know what I mean? She's we a singer. We never thought of her as being a singer either. Yeah, right, right. She, she was just, one of those artists where you went, that's the whole platform. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, better than Paula Abdul vocally obviously yeah, 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 but yeah, yeah. the same sort of thing. I get what you're saying. Like you didn't really go to singing lessons because you wanted to be like Nina Cherry. No, no, true. Yeah. You, you, you went because you wanted to be like Mariah. Yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? But yeah. In the – in the uh, 80s, she was just so different. But I want – I mean, the experiences for me is in this time, I'm just recognising that men and women are so different. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, yeah, Because I'm yeah. just starting to date. Yep. And I'm just starting to go out into nightclubs and see these phony ladies and see – Fucking people with the big the man children. Earrings. I mean, those earrings were in everywhere at the time. Yeah, yeah. You know, I know it's people that went to. I was going to open the door to you tonight with the towel on my head as a joke, but I didn't. <laughs> used to, we used to wear the towels on our head at nightclubs with the earrings. Like we oh, went out yeah, looking yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. I know that look. You know, and even her daughter wears the towel on her head as a homage as, to oh, her mother. Awesome. You know, which is awesome and very very cute. But this, so here I, so here I come. I'm going to quickly just play a little bit of this because can you just find the producer for Here I Come? Sure. Here I Come because this is probably the song that doesn't sound like it should belong on the album. Yep. It's just something that you go, this is, this was the one that was sort of, Almost rocky or something. Yeah, right, right. Different, yeah. Different and I remember and thinking as a kid, I kind of like it though. Let me just get raw like sushi, Nina Cherry. So, yeah, I can't wait to go and buy this um, this anniversary edition vinyl. It's beautiful. And there's a lot more stuff on it. You've got the um, – I think there is a Stock Aiken and Water mix of – is it? I think it's three albums. I think it's in the three. City Mama. I think it's three discs. Like there's heaps of stuff. Are you getting the, stuff. the vinyl? Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can't find the song, babe, but it was no. just the one that really, really sounded different. Yep. And 
That's why I sort of asked. There was a lot of producers on this, but at the end of the day, it was really done by um, the hubby. Yeah. Now, was there another song on this album called My Bitch or was that on sort of... Yeah, there was My Bitch, but I don't know if that was on the 80s version. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I think it was on some... Because I don't remember it as much. But this really led in for me to get homebrew. Like I went out and got homebrew in the 90s. Yep. And then she did the AIDS album, obviously, mm-hmm. because she wasn't sure about being Nina Cherry at the time. Yeah. And one of her besties had AIDS and they were sitting at either Times Square or something on a New Year's Eve and he said, look, I don't have much longer to go. Oh, fuck. And I think you really need – because she was pregnant. Oh, right, right. And she said, I don't know what to do. Like, you know, I've it would have been really full on. And he said, look, I don't have much time. But I'm telling you now, you've got to keep doing this, you know. Yeah. Bit of a sad story. Yeah, absolutely. And I did like her version of I Got You Under My Skin. I got you That's under right. my skin. Yeah. Which wasn't on this album but. Now at the end of the album, guys, like please go out and, you know, if you if you aren't, if you haven't got your sort of ear around this album, if it. If it um if it's not sort of in your memory, really, really at the forefront of your memory, go and get around it. It's a beautiful album. And listen to all of Nina's stuff moving into the 90s. She had four uh, studio albums and the subsequent albums are awesome. What was the one with um, Woman on it? What's that called? That was Woman. Called woman. Or Man, Man, Man. It was called, called Man. Now... Uh, it Pretty has sure it my favourite Nina Cherry, <laughs> Nina Cherry song on it, which which is a duet called Seven Seconds yeah. with a guy called Yusu Ndor, and I ache for that song. Yeah. I just absolutely love it. It's really interesting to go back and look at her stuff she's done with other people <laughs> because at the time we didn't think much of it. Yeah, and then when you listen back to it, you go, "Fuck that!" Her collaboration, melody. Yeah, they did that in um, her brother's. Bedroom. Yeah, right. They recorded that. Is that right? Yeah. Fuck it. And she sat there and watched him sing it. Yusuf, wow. And um, she was blown away. Wow, I by bet. him. Yeah, because he also, song. she also did a song called Trout, mm-hmm. which was on Homebrew with um the REM guy. Yep. Which is a fucking great song. But when we heard it as kids, we went, "Oh, this is pretty shit." Yeah. But when you look <laughs> back at it, you go, "Fuck yeah." yeah. What a masterpiece. The collabs she did were incredible. Like everybody, everybody cool wanted to work with her. Yeah. Yeah. That's well, yeah, that's right. That's absolutely right. You know, she was just the flavor of the month. But I reckon we've looked at that. I mean, there's probably stuff we could have looked at a bit deeper, I guess the production and all that stuff, but I wanted to look at it as perspective for me as a woman. It changed my life. Yeah. And it I went out clubbing and I was a lot more confident and I felt like I knew more about the world when I listened to this record. Yeah, yeah. I was just sort of like blown away by it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic. Love this album, Raw Like Sushi. Go out and grab it and even better get it on vinyl, the special edition uh, anniversary release. Uh, I'll be grabbing it. Um, you can get it from JB if you're in Australia or, or from um, – Is it in JB, do you reckon? Yeah, yeah. You're kidding me. There's one waiting for me at Essendon. You're kidding me on yeah. Essendon. <laughs> yeah. At the big wow. one Wow. Is it expensive? Yeah. yeah, it's like 50 bucks. Because it's got all the mixes on it yeah, as well. Yeah, it's got all the extra stuff, yeah. But wow. can't wait. So there you go. Good on you guys. Hope you've enjoyed the episode. Raw Like Sushi, Nina Cherry. Now, um, at the time of recording, uh, we have hit the 
anniversary of the death of Tim Brooke Taylor, the amazing Tim Brooke Taylor from the goodies. Uh, you know, very sad. He was like an awesome com- British comedian who we all grew up with in the 80s. And, um, yeah, we just wanted to send a big shout-out to our families, my family up north, Sammy, Sammy here, uh, Sammy's family here in Melbourne. Everybody, you're very special to us if our families are listening. And yeah. we love you very much. That's right. And I love the goodies yeah. after school. Weren't they great? They were 70s. They were seventies, well? but definitely, you know, they they played they on the ABC. It again on the over, ABC. Yeah, it was yeah. a big kids' favorite. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. sort of like the young ones before them. Yeah, but exactly. You know, exactly. Like an English pommy bike riding version of them. <laughs> yeah. Now, guys, if you love the show, if you love the eighties montage, you can check out everything we do on our website, the eightiesmontage.com. And you can check out all our dates on rewind80sband.com. Is that right, Sammy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we've got Bendigo coming on sale on Monday the 19th. Bendigo at the Capitol Theatre will be on sale early bird special Monday. Great. On the 19th. So that's really exciting. We haven't made a commercial for that as well as yet. But we will do, we're will do. we doing Bendigo October the 23rd. But do check the website rewind80sband.com and also – uh, get on to the the um, Breakfast Club VIP yes, list yes. because there will be a special code you get with all the gigs now where you put that code in you get $5 off the tickets. And how can you join table. the Breakfast Club? Is you it just, on our website? Yeah, yeah. It's just a pop-up. Remember the pop-up ad That's we did? That's right. Yeah, so the pop-up ad. Um, it's just a pop-up, just add, and then we will throw you flyers when it goes to your area. You just let us know what area you're in. Easy. And then for the early bird people they get a special code. Yep. And they get to buy the tickets even cheaper again. Nothing better than cheap shit, mate. Free shit. You know? Absolutely. Fucking well, fantastic. yeah, and I need to know where people are so we can book these shows. Exactly. Where we're not hit and miss, you know. Yeah. Which it's not usually anyway, but. Hey, huge thanks to all the people who have already bought tickets to our upcoming shows. They've sold really well. We mm. can't wait to come and see Aubrey you. Aubrey Entertainment Centre. Yeah, and especially if our Patreons from the 80s montage are coming to see us live. Want to send a big thank you to all our Patreons. We love you. Thank you very much for all your support. Yeah. You can become a Patreon for as little as a dollar, remember? Get people on board for as little as a dollar a month. Mm. And for $10 a month, you get all the extra episodes. So there's all kinds of tiers depending on what you can afford. But yep. you'll be supporting us and you'll be like a shareholder in this amazing company. Absolutely. And yeah. you'll get uh, your 80 stuff every week. That's right. That's right. If you love the show, please like, share, rate and review and please subscribe. Give us five stars and follow us on every platform that you can if you love the show. Cost you nothing. That's what I was going to say. Hey. We have more Sydney people listening to this show than Melbourne people. Is that right? Yeah. Wonderful. By, I've had a look at the stats, and that would be because we're not gigging. Right. One. Yeah. Well, that'll that'll change. But yeah. Sydney, yay. Good on you, Sydney. I love Fuck, Sydney. I'd love to come up there, but every time we park our ass in Sydney, that other fucking shit bands up our ass, <laughs> And they're just, uh, you know, I wouldn't, wouldn't let them steal my band rider. I bought tickets to the Phantom of the Opera today. Oh, uh, yeah. Wow. For... When is it? It's it's at the Opera House. Oh wow! So, so you got to go to Sydney. Yeah, I need to do something nice for myself. So I'm fucking working too hard, mate. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. much going on. Well, get ready for the fucking next year then. Yeah, absolutely. I'm gonna be in dad next year, everyone. So fucking yeah, yeah. absolutely. Mika and I celebrated our tenth uh, anniversary earlier this week. So yeah. you get less for murder. So there you go. <laughs> but every second of it has been a joy. 
And I'm sure you'd say the same thing about this show. Thank you guys for listening. And if it's music, Music, mateys, or cool shit from from the 80s, 80s, we're going to talk about it. Unreal. 